Welcome to episode 64 of Shane Talks Identical Plot Twins. As always, I am joined this week by Jason L. Mayer. And Jason, I want you to take over uh, the genesis of this episode because it all came from you. So tell me how we got here. How do we get to tonight's episode? It didn't really, like, it wasn't just me. So we were... um, I can't remember exactly what it had happened, but uh, I made a Facebook comment off of something that my brother made uh, notice of. And he noticed that um, the movie Days of Thunder is literally a remake of Top Gun. And what's the difference in uh, years like seven? Uh, Four. Uh, oh, Top Gun was released uh, May 16th of 1986 and then on June 27th right. of 1990. Oh, that would make sense because I saw, I, I definitely saw that in the drive in, and that was the summer that I went to the drive in a lot. So, nice. Um, yeah, the awesome Pendleton Pike drive in that I used to go to, that my brother Dave used to, we'd go drive over to Domino's, pick up a pizza, carry oh. out special for like $5.99. Then we'd drive over, get into the, uh, the drive-in and have drinks and everything else already in the car. So nice. And we just sit there and watch movies for six hours, seven hours. Quick time out. You mentioned your brother, Dave, just wanted to say that I'm very happy to hear that he is at home and recovering and that is awesome news. So hopefully he keeps going in a positive way. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, if you are somebody who believes and wants to give prayers and thoughts and stuff like that, they are more than welcome and always appreciated. And, um, yeah, so he's home with the kids and the family. Uh, he's got to go out and do some other stuff now, and he's not just stuck in a hospital bed for the moment. So, awesome. uh, yeah, well, I've gotten to FaceTime with him a couple times in the last week. So it's been it's been great to talk to him and, and see. He, he definitely seems like he's in good spirits right now. So that's always good news. Yeah, very much so. So yeah. uh, thanks for bringing him up and shout yeah. out to him. Shout uh, out to Dave. Yeah. So, um yeah, you used to, one of the reasons why I'm into movies as much as I am is because of my brothers and my dad. So, um, but yeah, we were, uh, I, my brother, Michael pointed out the two movies are the exact same. You got these, uh, how did he, uh, and what's the exact what was, wording you said? I can't remember. Where was that? Uh, uh, did you see days of thunder? Then you saw top gun, except the chicks were hotter in days. And both suffer from a massive lack of dramatic tension and good acting. So, I mean, like, Mike, Mike kind of hits it on the nose. Um, uh, I would say out of the two, I probably like Top Gun a little bit more. I agree. But I really enjoy Days of Thunder for being a oh, silly sure. popcorn flick. So, Without a doubt. Um, so, yeah. So, I felt... Um, you said I felt like his statement's a little bit backwards, but we, but whatever. I mean, um, I, I understand his point, but I mean, like him saying, "Did you see Top Gun?" Then you saw Days of Thunder. I think it actually would be, "Did you see Days of Thunder?" Then you saw Top Gun. I mean, it was semantics, whatever. It's kind of like, have you seen the Fast and the Furious? Then you've seen Point Break. And then you've seen Point Break, which I still um, I mean, there's a lot of people that don't understand that story, like. Fast and the Furious was originally written as a as a remake of Point Break, and Universal was like, "We're not interested in remaking Point Break." It just took them like fifteen more years to decide to do it. Uh, but the the guy that wrote it was like, "Okay, fine, I'll I'll change it to Cars," and it got reworked into the Fast and the Furious. And it works. It's it fun. works great, and it it's Does literally it- the same movie, and I have no problems with it. And like you said, identical plot twins, right? So yep. like you have all these movies where you have almost the exact same plot line and a lot of them are very similar and you can watch them and you're going to be in some of them you go while you're watching it. You're like, oh, God, this is just like that. Mm-hmm. But there are the ones that are well made and you don't even you might notice it maybe while you're watching it, mm-hmm. but you don't care. Or you don't notice it necessarily while you're watching it because you're on such a cool ride that sure. like once you finish the ride, you're like, oh crap, this is just like that one. Yep. Yeah, and and you know, um, I know that one of the things that we talked about is um 
<laughs> uh, we've discussed it numerous, numerous times and I already brought it up, the point break fast and furious yep. and then you have all the other ones. And so that's what this episode's really about is just jokingly throwing <laughs> ideas at each other yeah. and, and, and being like, Hey, like I'm going to, and I think you were the one who's decided you're going to do this, right? You're going to read it. Am I supposed yeah, to read the plot? No, no, no. I'll, I'll read the plot to you, but I just want to address one thing before we get too much into this episode. I forgot to address at the top of it. Um, this week, uh, Spotify is doing something new. Um, and the company that I uh, publish our stuff through has, has informed me of uh, Spotify is now going to be doing video podcasts. So if like our video podcasts are all over on YouTube right now, uh, but the company that I upload everything to that gets distributed, they have told me that starting this week, I can upload a video version of the podcast um, and they will pass that along to Spotify for me. So if you are listening on Spotify, I don't know exactly how to change it to the video version, but you should have access to the video version of our podcast on Spotify this week. So that's kind of cool. I'm looking forward to trying it out for myself and seeing how it works and whatnot. But hypothetically, in theory, Spotify should have the video version of this podcast uh, moving forward. So that's pretty cool. All right. Let me read you a plot summary. And I want you to tell me what movie you think I'm describing to you. All right. A man joins up with the natives to learn their culture only to exploit them. He ends up falling in love with their way of life and one of their women. This leads, this leads him to help them to victory over those people he was originally working with who wanted to take advantage of this culture. What movie do you think that is? Well, so I am at a great advantage that I know exactly what we're already talking about. Sure. But um, I'm going to go with the very first movie that I ever realized or, you know, had this kind of plot twist. And Mm -hmm. the first one I can ever remember is Dances with Wolves. Okay. I should have looked up the release dates of Dances with Wolves versus Fern Gully, because obviously we're talking about Fern Gully when we when we bring this movie up. Yes, but it's not like he went to go learn there. He he got magically transformed into a fairy sized person. So it's not like he was wanting to go visit these people and learn their way of life. He kind of got stuck learning their way of life because he wasn't sure if he'd ever be a human again. I guess that's true. I guess that's a good point. But Um, I mean, it's very similar. And Fern Gully is very much the uh, the young, uh, young artist version in short sure. version of the CGI masterpiece, which is Avatar. So, oh my God, you had to say that. I'm really sad. I really, uh, I tried to get myself a copy of Fern Gully this week because I wanted our our uh, our thumbnail for this week's episode was you holding the Avatar DVD that I know or Blu-ray that I know you own, and then I wanted to hold Fern Gully. You own two versions of Avatar, the 2D and 3D, of course. No, no, no. I'll get more into it later, but go oh. ahead, keep going. Right, but I wanted to hold Fern Gully up because uh, since the moment I walked out of the theater of Avatar, I've refused to ever watch it again because I love Fern Gully so much. And it literally feels to me like James Cameron watched Fern Gully and got really high and decided that he just wanted to make an adult version of it. Because much more than dances, like Dancing with Wolves, he doesn't change species in the movie. But literally in Avatar, you change species. You're not human anymore, just like when, you know, little boy gets, you know, sucked down into fairy boy, uh, like. <laughs> um, Great analogy he got here going on. I, yeah, really, really solid uh, verbiage there. Well, so now Ryan Foster. So Eric Hallett originally suggested Avatar and Pocahontas, and Ryan Foster also agreed with that. So is Dances with Wolves also Pocahontas now is my question. Like, does the transitive property work with these movies? Well, the, the, the interesting thing, uh, kind of, I mean, it is. I, I mean, can't argue it. Everything that we've commented on in this, because then you can also include The Last Samurai. Oh, wow. That yeah. Okay. Cruise movie. Sure. So, like, it's okay. It, it, it's pretty much all the same. What was that? I never, the Great Wall, was that the Matt Damon one where he was an archer? Yeah, but that wasn't that, uh, that wasn't that okay. wasn't like this at all. Like okay. he was already a BA, and he showed up, and he was. Uh, it's him and 
Mandalorian. Um, oh, Pedro Pascal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and they're like best friends, and they're just oh, traveling okay. to like get the world and get money and stuff. And um, cool. I don't remember there being a love interest. There might have been, but if it was, it wasn't very overt in the okay. storyline. Um, really, really entertaining movie for me. Um, I, I never, the, I never made time to watch it. The resolution at the, the in the third act, it kind of sucks. Okay, but it's something that we've complained to each other about on multiple movies when we watch, uh, and we've said it on this podcast multiple times. Where it, um, but like the three D was really cool. Um, oh my God, do you own, cool. do you own the three D of this, the three D Blu Ray of this one? I don't. You don't. Oh well, it looks like but you it, might have to get that number up over a hundred now. But uh, well, it, let's do let's do an update for the wish, it's on my <laughs> wish list. What's for, the update for the audience? Where is your uh 3D Blu rays uh, sitting at right now? I know it's over 80 now. Oh, oh sorry, yeah, I close to 90. 89 ish was the last time you texted me. I'm at 97. 97. Woo! I mean. You can yeah. do one more and stop at 98 since it's kind of like the greatest year. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, you can do That's two cool. more and you can stop at 99. I might be over 97. I might not have put in the la- my latest purchases on, <laughs> on oh, my You did list. text me recently and say you bought like two more, I thought. Well, and the only problem is, is I bought one that accidentally ended up being a Region B DVD, oh. so I don't have the ability ah. to play it. But what was oh my gosh hey uh i can't remember what it was oh no 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 john carter's on here so i'm good oh, okay oh, okay john carter oh yeah you yeah. exactly the same kind of thing it is the john same kind carter of thing plot. so but yeah so um yes i'm up to 97 okay uh so go ahead. His birthday oh okay yeah i but, got uh, you so anyway, uh, yeah. Avatar, what mm-hmm. I was trying to explain to you anyway, because I held up the fact that I own two different copies. Yeah. So there is, I, I know that you're going to absolutely love this part. So um, I did own the regular Blu-ray. Then I bought the 3D Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. And then it was on sale. And I love J- James Cameron. He is in my top five directors of all time. And he needed five more dollars from you? And uh, so I ended up buying the extended edition of Avatar. So, which it, oh, it, wow. it, it's got it's got some cool other like little stuff. It's not a whole lot that like changes. It doesn't change almost anything compared to like the Aliens director's cut or the Abyss oh, director's okay. cut. Sure. Like, completely changes certain yep. things. This one just has some a, a little bit more meat on the bone. Oh, do they it, add Bartok like, in this version? Did they have what? Do they add Bartok in this version? No, they did not add Bartok. Okay. Bartok's a little floating bat from Fern Gully, for those who don't know. Uh, well, and for He's my update Robert for was. the audience, I am up to owning six VHS tapes from movies Ooh. that were released in 1999. Um, VHS going to make a comeback, um, unlike these Blu-rays and 3D Blu-rays you're buying. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, with Avatar and Fern Gully, Brandon Yotter and David Richman had my back on that one. And then uh, Dustin Atterbury is the one that said Avatar and Dancing with Wolves. And what were you about to say? I was going to say, you know, I just read recently that DVD still outsells Blu-ray. Oh, wow. That's impressive. I I was actually disappointed. What was it, a month or two ago? Sometime in 2022, I walked into Best Buy. Their DVD slash Blu-ray section is tiny, like yep. one shelf. I was like, uh, I'm definitely not it's finding the movie I'm looking for. in the walkway, and then there's like one little tiny section. And yeah, I was very disappointed in that. Like, I mean, whatever, like most of my stuff I buy on Amazon anyway, but it was something that like I, I wanted for like that day. Like I was recording a 99 episode that night or something, and I, I was stopping by to see if I could find it or something. I didn't have two days to wait for Amazon, so I was like, I'll just go to Best Buy and pick this up. Go to Disco nope. Round or uh, The Exchange. Yep. Uh, yep. I've been going to both of those. Dude, truth be told, most of my 99 VHSs I've found, 99 cents at Goodwill, dude. There you go. I'll go into Goodwill and I'll just look at their VHS sections and find anything that was released in 99. And I'm like, awesome, like 99 cents. 
Yeah, so, you should do that. And what was the other? The uh, half price books might have stuff for you. Oh, that's definitely the place I keep thinking about going to, and I never, I never remember to go over there. But yeah, uh, the exchange and the one that's right across from Disc Replay yeah. is that the other one that you said? I think I said Disc Go Around, but I meant Disc Replay. Disc Replay, right? yeah. So when I'm in Castleton, I usually pop in there. Granted, I think I've been in there enough recently that they don't have anything I haven't seen. So uh, anyway, that's totally sidetracked. Uh, my buddy Eric Hallett gave us a, uh, a plethora of options. I'm going to list them off and any of them that you really think that we should talk about, we can focus on. Uh, the Lion King and Hamlet, uh, which is, I think, kind of a pretty well-known one. Well, yeah, and definitely one of those things that, like, they kind of didn't hide that. Either. No, like, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't like a, we're acting like we're not this. It was like, we're going to be overt with our themes and for sure, very much a Shakespearean tale. Um, Man, have you ever, have you ever, apparently in one of the like novelizations of The Lion King, they did like a prequel origin story. Have you heard like Scar's origin story? I did. Like where his real name, I don't remember what his real name is, but his real name literally means like waste or trash or something. So like, like he was predestined from the beginning to be like a bad guy because he was named like garbage, essentially. I always thought that was pretty interesting. But again, like, I don't know how canon that is. I don't know if it was like a Disney sanctioned book or it was just like something that somebody made up. Like who knows? Um, Hunger Games and Battle Royale. Definitely exactly the same. You've never seen Battle Royale? No. It's a, it is a Japanese. I'm pretty sure it's Japanese. I was pretty sure you were right on that. It came out a couple of years before Hunger Games. I don't know if it came out before the book though. I'm not sure on the time of that. But it's a it's a Japanese one where basically they take a bunch of school kids and essentially have them murder each other until there's only one left. And it's pretty graphic and bloody. It's it's okay. Like I didn't love it. Like I knew when Hunger Games came out and I found out about Battle Royale and everyone was like, oh, it's yeah, Hunger Games is the PG version of Battle Royale. I was like, oh, I've got to check this out. And it was fine. Like I didn't think it was amazing or anything, but it's it was worth my time. Um, Doc Hollywood and Cars. That's one that this I'm like having trouble with. Perfect. You think this so? Okay. Literally perfect. Because Michael J. Fox's car breaks down on his way somewhere. And yeah, then he's he... like going to Hollywood. Okay. Like that's yeah, yeah, the yeah. reason why he's called Doc Hollywood. Like he was either driving back to Hollywood or going out to Hollywood to start becoming like a doctor of the stars or something like that. And but I thought he wasn't up, really a doctor. I thought that was the whole plot. Like he was not really a doctor or was he? Oh, you might be right. I can't. I really, think, I think whatever so town long. he broke down. Yeah. It's been a while for me too. whatever town he broke down in. He like faked being a doctor while he was there, but maybe he I, was on, maybe he was like Joey Tribbiani with yeah. Dr. Drake Ramore. Yeah. So. Like I, I think it's something like that. Are no, you looking no, up no. the plot? Nope. It, he I was a doctor? Okay. A young doctor on his way across the country to a job interview crashes his car in a small town and is sentenced to work for several days at the town hospital. Okay. So yeah, I had forgotten that part. It's literally the plot of cars. Yep. Okay. Good call. I will uh, I will 100% sign off on that now. I, I hadn't looked up. I thought I remembered the plot well enough. Obviously, Did that's you? wrong. Fonda was in this movie. Oh, dude. Doc Hollywood, I remember being... My, my mom likes Doc Hollywood, so I know I watched it a lot with her. I think that's Bridget Fonda. Yeah. She was a babe back in the day. For sure. Um, Disturbia and Rear Window, pretty pretty open and shut case. Like, they literally was, you know, updating it for a teenage angle. Like, yep. um, And then Chicken Run and the Great Escape. That was one that I had never thought about, but I can see that working. Oh, it's totally the same movie. Like, yeah. It, and, but it, it's, and they even kind of reference it with like the jump with the, there's a point in time where somebody's jumping something and chicken run. Oh, okay. Like with the motorcycle over the wall. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty blatant ripoff if you know the great escape, which sure. people that are our age might. And then unless sure. you're a file, if you're younger than Shane and I, you have no idea. No idea. Yeah, agreed. Uh, all right. Our buddy Brandon Yotter threw out two Marvel examples for us, which are one's more correct than the other one, in my opinion. But Iron yes. Man and Doctor Strange are 100% the same movie. There is like zero difference. <laughs> zero difference. Like they are literally the same characters who go through the same crap, who end up the same way. Like, 
And and both of them like don't really have that great of a character change between the beginning and the end. They're kind of kind of still the same people. Hours. I mean, they're both still egotistical narcissists when the when the movie starts and when it's over. Okay, I'll, I won't argue. I can't. Yeah, uh, the one that's a little the Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy. I kind of see it, but I kind of don't. Like, I, yeah, you're yep. getting a group of people together, but like one of them, one of them are brought together like by Nick Fury. The other one, kind of the other uh, Guardians, just kind of fall into each other and are forced to, not even forced, but decide to end up working together. Like. But I do understand it's the same kind of similar concept of taking down the big bad in the end. I can see yep. it. All right. Uh, my buddy John Petty, uh, not John Petty that we know from General Cinema, John Petty, my buddy who's in the army, he suggested Indiana Jones and National Treasure. I don't agree with this one. Okay. Give me, give like, me. I, it's not, it's not nearly a treasure hunt in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Sure. So if you're saying like Last Crusade, maybe that and National Treasure are, mm-hmm. are on the same yeah. level. Uh, he said Indiana Jones. So when he says that, I think of Raiders. Raiders. That's, that's It's kind of like saying Star Wars, right? For me, yeah. Star Wars means you're talking about episode seven. Episode seven? Four, no, no, no. Four. four. There you go. <laughs> I was like, I said that wrong. Wow. And it's one of, it's my favorite movie of all time. What was I doing? <laughs> um, and no, but yeah. So when you say Indiana Jones, I think Raiders. Um, and I don't think Raiders and National Treasure are on the same plane. If you're talking Last Crusade and National Treasure, I can see your thought process there because it is literally a treasure hunt. Sure. You got to go and do this so you can find that and then yeah. go this way and go that way. Um, uh, so I don't technically agree with it and i would say like this is more kind of um national treasure is kind of like uh it's kind of more like um uh or i'm sorry not national treasure but um indiana jones raiders of the lost ark kind of reminds me it reminds me a lot more of the mummy oh yeah for sure i can see that yeah uh, with Brandon Fraser, yep. uh, being very similar not only in tone, but just the like, you know, they're both like going after an object at mm-hmm. the end. I don't know. I, I, I definitely I see that. His, I can get his idea, but I don't think that the two movies, and like I said, it just says Indiana Jones. So he could have meant yep. the whole thing, the whole sure. kitten. So. He's probably talking about Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh, God. All right, uh, moving on, Dave Richmond. And this one, like, not that I'm like, I'm not arguing anyway with Dave Richmond, but like, yeah. 10 Things I Hate About You is is literally a modernization of Taming of the Shrew. So it's not like it's like it has identical plots because of the fact that it's literally trying to update it and modernize it for teens. So yeah, well, he's 100%. Yeah, yeah, like what Disturbia did. Like, he's 100% right that they're the same plot, but like, that's specific and de- designed in the same way that Disturbia was. So while 10 Things I Hate About You is one of my all-time favorite movies that I own on VHS tape, um, uh, it's it's kind of just by default the exact same as Taming of the Shoe, which to be truth be told, I've never seen a theatrical production or a film version of Taming of the Shrew, to be honest. I might have... Oh, I don't know if I've ever seen... I think I might have seen a movie version of it. Really? I, I know there is a movie version. Like I, I remember seeing the box art of said movie version, but I've never watched it. Uh, so I had mentioned a couple. Uh, the first one that I mentioned that like is is I love both of these movies, so it's fine with me that they came out uh, just a couple of years apart. But the Raid Redemption is one of the best action films I've ever seen, and then Dread, the Carl Urban version, not Sylvester Stallone's version. Uh, is literally the exact same video game plot. So much so, like, you're literally fighting levels up to the boss level. Like, oh, I cleared level one, let's go up to level two. Oh, I cleared level two, let's go up to level three. And both of them are literally the exact same plot of going up the tower uh, to the boss level at the top. And I, I love it in both ways. I think it works on both of them. Yep, go for it. I own the 3D version of Dread for you, Shane. 
oh, you know what? All right, so you own a 3D movie that I'm like, do you own the 3D version of The Abyss? No. No? I didn't do you own the... they made one. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that, I mean, theatrically, I know it's been released in 3D. I don't know if that means there's a home version of it, but uh, Jurassic Park? A, I had to buy a I had to buy a Jap- uh, a Japanese import of T2 to get a T2 version of in 3D. Oh, so. that, that's probably, um, there's some pretty cool stuff in there. Dr- Jurassic Park? Oh, Jurassic Park, definitely. My okay. kids love watching that in 3D. Star Wars Episode One in 3D? They don't sell that. Oh, it's a bummer. That's really disappointing. They only sell all the crappy versions. Uh, which sucks. I own all of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Do you have any the comments on episodes are not available on Dread or Raid Redemption? Uh, no, um, Raid Redemption. I I know I've watched it, okay. but I watched it after I watched Dread because we watched Dread, and then you were like, "You haven't seen Raid," and I was like, "No." So, um, Raid Redemption's the second one, right? Because yeah, they, it's the first one. Is it okay? Then what's the second one? Uh, they made two, right? They did make two. It's got a weird title like Barentall or something. Okay. Yeah. Um, I know that I watched Raid Redemption after Dread, and I was just like, "Oh, this is fine. It's cool." And you're absolutely right. The the um, the gore kind of turned up. The violence and the gore is a little bit turned up, which mm-hmm. is funny considering Dread is what it is. But I guess when when you have comedic or over exaggerated deaths and violence in a comic book based on death and violence, then I don't think of it as being overtly gross. Whereas when you have a movie that's like the raid where it's like regular humans, they're supposed to be regular humans and they're whooping each other like that. And it's gross, you know, then it's kind of like, Okay, yeah, it's excessive violence. Not that it's that big of a deal. And like you said, it's a fine movie. I know you like it more than I do, but I like it a lot, especially like they're like, I mean, I know Daredevil did a really cool like fight sequence down a hallway, but like yeah. the raid has one in that also. And it is just so bloody and so badass, in my opinion. Like I the fight sequences in there specifically two or three fight sequences in raid, I think are just some of the best action choreography i've ever seen um according to imdb uh the raid 2 is what it's called and i can't like i literally yeah. think it's called Barentall or some something like that but i can't find this but i did really quickly see something i don't remember knowing mike shinoda did the music for the raid redemption hmm. of, of lincoln park like yeah. i know that that's pretty cool uh i never paid attention to that uh, but anyway, yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of, of Raid Redemption. I think anybody should watch it. Um, I bought it digitally one time because they did Raid 1 and 2 for like 10 bucks for both of them. So I jumped on that. Um, what about Who Framed Roger Rabbit and iRobot? <laughs> I never would have thought of it. But uh, when you said it, it was just like, yep, that's totally what that is. Yeah, I, yeah. It was one of those ones that I don't I don't remember. I mean, I can't take credit for it. I am sure that somebody mentioned it to me at some point, but it was one of those like glass shattering moments where I was like, oh, my God, you're right. Like, yeah. And so, like, that's one that's always stuck in my head when you talk about that, because they are they're 30 years now, like 20 years apart. Like, what was that? 85 to 2010 or something or 2005? 88. 88. So, like, 20 years apart. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Now we get to my list. Let's see, let's bring it on. The Hunger Games and Maze Runner. Um, yes and no. Uh, it, it, yeah. It, like, it's just this weird scenario. If we're going to put teens in this thing. Yeah. And then, like, they kind of work together, but they kind of don't. Um, sure. There's a whole lot more death in the Hunger Games, but it, like, it just felt the same. And it didn't help that they both came out with it. Very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. Um, Within a year or two. So where it was really close to each other. But um, the other two that I I always think of when we're doing this is um, uh, these two movies, both of these sets of movies came out within like, I want to say within a year, probably maybe less than a year. Maybe it was two. I don't know. But so my first one that I'm going to mention, both kids movies is Ants and a Bug's Life. 
I'm, I'm going to look it up right now. I literally think they were like a month or two apart. Like they were both 1998. Um, Ants was, ooh, I'm going to be wrong. Uh, so Ants was October 2nd of 1998. I'm pretty sure A Bug's Life was at the beginning of the year. A Bug's Life was 1998, and it came out on, oh, November 20th of 98. So they were literally a month apart in 98. I don't know why I thought, I must not have seen A Bug's Life until, like, January or February of 99, it must have been. Because, yeah, because it would have been out when I was working at Clearwater, when I got hired there. So I probably didn't see it until I was working there, and that's why I thought it was so early in the year. But, yeah, so literally a month apart, those two movies. Yep, and then uh, the other one that I think is hilarious is um, Finding Nemo and a Shark's Tale. Both and, uh, if I'm parents looking for missing children. Both uh, like, and I, if I'm remembering correctly, a Shark's Tale was like a November release, though. So, mm. and I know Nemo was a uh, summer release. So. Yeah, well, Nemo would have been like oh. Four, I think, or maybe oh three, and Shark Tale would have been oh five. Shark Tale was oh four. Oh four, okay. It was let me uh, October first, two thousand four. Okay, I'm gonna read the plot. All right. When a son of a gangster shark boss is accidentally killed while on the hunt, his would-be prey and his vegetarian brother decide to use the incident. To their own advantage. Man, maybe this isn't what I thought it was. I only saw the movie once in the theater. I was going to say, I remember hating Shark Tale. I don't remember it very well, but I remember, like, apparently it was a dead kid and not a missing kid. Yeah, apparently. So uh, Robert De Niro's son is found dead. And Oscar, played by Will Smith, Smith. is found at the scene. And since he's a bottom feeder, he takes advantage of it, makes himself look like he killed the Oh yeah, that's a slightly different plot than Finding Nemo. Oh yeah, totally different. And on top of that, if I'm remembering correctly, but there's like that, like the whole there's like a shark sequence of him getting chased. There's a a whole lot of similarities. Sure. So, which is funny that animated animated underwater movies coming out like a year apart. Like why they like why did studios decide to do this? Yeah, uh, Finding Nemo was 03. Okay. So, previous year. And it was like a June release or something? We said 04, right? Oh, uh, It was May 30th of 03. May 30th, okay. And so you got a year, a little bit over a year, so. Okay. Okay, so it's a lot different than I thought it was. But yeah, those were the, that one always seemed, though, like it was very similar to Finding Nemo. I'm not sure sure why, but like. But again, like animated underwater like kids movies like very very odd that they both came out around the same time all right i like your um i like your your next segment yeah so i came up with some kind of funny i came up with some ones that were completely ridiculous i was sitting around looking at my dvds and i was like that's kind of the same movie but not really but you could kind of spin it to be the same movie so here we go here we go all right tom okay here we go apollo 13 Castaway and the Terminal all have the same plot. And that plot is Tom Cruise gets on an airplane or a vehicle that goes, you know, into the into the air and things go really badly for him. He crashes or you know, he doesn't make it to the moon in Apollo 13, crashes in Castaway and gets stuck in an airport for like 20 years in the Terminal. I, I, I thought it was fun, you know. You're doing um, it over general. Let me do this one. This, yeah, this dude, one. Dude, go for it. Do it. I just watched one of these movies a little bit of it last night. So, a father goes to the ends of the earth looking for their missing child, and uh, so <laughs> the main plot point being uh, taken right, like yep. totally. Is Finding Nemo. It's also the same tagline for Finding Nemo. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, you, when I read that, I was rolling, man. I was I, I had a whole lot of fun with that one because I was just like, oh, that is totally what it is. <laughs> I mean, one of them gets a little more violent than the other one, but you know, hey. <laughs> uh, so here we go. Uh, let's see if you can guess the, these two movies. A Rich Playboy 
has an alter ego at nighttime. <laughs> Obviously, Batman has the same plot, like any of the Batmans have the same plot as American Psycho. I just put Batman Begins in the Dark Knight down for the fact that it's Christian Bale playing the same character in both movies. Uh, But I kind of found that funny where it was like, oh, Christian Bale has a rich playboy attitude during the day where he's trying to bang chicks. And at night, he's getting very violent with people, a little more violent than Batman, but, you know, whatever. Uh, So that's most of everything we got to talk about this week. Um, Lots of fun. We will be back next week with an episode I am super excited about. We are doing our Oscars episode. Uh, I'm going to be putting up a lot of polls uh, in the next week uh, before next week's episode. Uh, We are having Jason Richardson and Chris Schneider on next week's episode. Uh, So it's going to be super deluxe uh, Oscared out. Uh, Jason and Chris are both huge cinephiles. And while in the last 20 years, I like, 20 years ago, 1999-ish, I had to watch everything that was nominated for the Oscars. And that went for a couple of years, and then I kind of got very disenchanted with the Oscars. I'll discuss it next week, but I've seen maybe one movie that's nominated for an Oscar this year. I have not seen very many. Um, For whatever reason, they didn't nominate Spider-Man No Way Home, which, I mean, then at least I'd have seen two movies that were nominated. Um (laughs) But yeah, so it's 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 awesome to have Jason Richardson and Chris on here because they go and see everything. I see them check in at random theaters watching random movies I've never heard of that now all of a sudden the Oscar noms come out and I'm like, oh, the only reason I've heard of this movie is because I saw Jason, you know, check in that he was watching it. And I'm like, wow. All right. So we're, the two of them will be great entertainment next week. They will have great insight for us. What's your Oscar viewing like these days, man? Have you seen very many of them that are nominated? Um, I've seen a few. A I mean, few? Most of what you see, I see anyway. Sure. Like, well, I think like Tick, Tick, Boom is the only thing that I've really seen that's nominated this year, I think. Should be, hopefully, I I hope he wins the Oscar for it because I think he was fantastic. So sure. um, my top in my top five for last year. So, um, uh, uh Dude, the Oscars are just—I don't know. It like, and and I think one of their problems that they have is because of the simple fact that they are catering to these wonderful stories that are so minute, though. Like, sure, and not a whole lot of people see them, and like, I don't know. I, I don't know if I've seen an Oscar movie winner. Since Return of the King, Mm. well, and see, like, we'll obviously get into this more discussion next week. Argo, Argo won Best Picture, so I know I saw that one. Right on. Um, we'll get into this discussion more next week, but I really feel like the Oscars have gone through this weird wave of in the in the nineties. It was a lot of Miramax like artsy movies, and then in the two thousands, it kind of tried to go into like mainstream stuff, like nominating Lord of the Rings. Well, and I mean, like Return of the King was we we've always we've talked about this always. He he won it for Return of the King because they were taking all three movies into account when when he won that one. Like the first two, you knew he wasn't going to win because like they weren't really that good. Like I mean, I I love you know Fellowship. No, no, no. You're but, just not going to give him three years in a row. Exactly. So they just waited till the third year and gave it to him for all three of them, in my opinion. But like it's it's kind of this weird wave that Hollywood goes. It, it's unfortunately such a popularity contest and right now i think it's back on the who's making artsy stuff right now and i just don't have as many opportunities to see those artsy movies i mean obviously they're out there because chris and jason will tell us where they went and saw them at but like i just don't have a chance to go out of my way as much to go see them anymore yeah and i just and a lot of times to be honest a lot of them tend to be movies that i'm not interested in either like the just because you're getting Oscar buzz doesn't mean that it's a good movie. Um, sure. I, I've I made an attempt around the same time that you started doing yours, where I was seeing a whole lot of these, especially working at Castleton Arts, sure, or being friends with people that works at that theater. That I was making an attempt to like watch a lot of them. Oh yeah, and I was bored in a lot of them. Sure. So. And, and, you know, to each their own, uh, art product is, 
subjective. Our friend Troy will tell you that all day for long. sure. He definitely Man, when we had Troy on on the last episode, the Troy was on, and he admitted that like cinema just doesn't you know capture him the same way that it did twenty years ago. It was kind of heartbreaking because he was he was huge into watching every art product and everything that he could because it was people's versions of storytelling, and he he wanted to you know ingest as much of that as he could. So. Hearing him say that was was kind of you know disappointing too. It's just Hollywood's taken a weird turn in the last twenty years. Yeah, um, I think maybe a lot of that has to do with other things that we probably don't want to get into. Sure. So. Well, and I mean another thing uh, on my Shane Talks ninety nine podcast. Uh, after I've gone through all the weeks, I've got a couple of other little topics that I'm going to do some extra episodes on. One of them is in nineteen ninety nine, there was only eight movies. That were either a sequel, a remake, or part of a franchise. Eight movies total in 1999. I jumped 20 years to 2019. There was over 40 movies. Almost every week, a movie that came out was either a sequel, a remake, or part of a franchise. And that tells me that Hollywood doesn't do original storytelling anymore. Like, well, and that's maybe what the problem is. Is you know, but and maybe that's why the independent product is what's owning the Oscars for so much now is because of the fact that that's where the art product actually is. Sure. Compared to something, you know, like you might have something that's as beautiful as the Lord of the Rings trilogy so that you end up with something that looks great and is a great entertaining, like, you know what I mean? It's like, sure. it's like it is art that is breaking mainstream and can incorporate everybody or, sure. but I mean, that was 20 years ago already. Mm-hmm. That's so, crazy. Uh, well, yeah. and let's let's talk about this real quick. When you talk about original filmmaking, so 20 years in the future, I'm going to write a movie. And when I write this movie, I'm going to decide to time travel back to a couple of years ago. And I'm going to give this story to one of my favorite authors. His name's Jonathan Tropper. He wrote a, a book called The Book of Joe, which honestly, The Book of Joe is almost identical to um, the TV series October Road. Very similar, very similar plots and whatnot. But anyway... He uh, he's going to take that and he's going to make a movie for Netflix. Uh, that movie is The Adam Project. Did you get to watch it yet? I did. Um, Dude, I'm in love with that movie. It's fine. Um, I was sick on Sunday. It was Ooh. something I put on while I was sick. I had the I had the stomach bug, so um, didn't get out of my bed for like 30 hours. Um, Ouch. But yeah, like mm, and I watched it while I was, huh, well, thank you. Uh, you I'm didn't tell you now. didn't tell me this. I did not know. New information. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, Chris or Luke had it on Thursday night. Ooh. Thursday morning. Sorry, Thursday morning. Um, yeah, Luke had it Thursday. I got it Sunday. Chris got it Tuesday. Oh, he no. got it yesterday. Oh. So we, uh, we, we, it's been a, <laughs> we've been cleaning a lot. I bet. So, um, wow. But, it's hard to hear that's going through the house, man. Eh, it is what it is, man. It's like four or five hours of hell. And Ugh. then a couple of like another, like 24 to 36 hours of not feeling great. Um, but back it, it's not nearly, you know what? Give me that over COVID. Sure. So for uh, sure. Did not like COVID when I had it. So Agreed. Um, I did not enjoy it either. Um, bouncing back from that is kind yeah. of cool and easy, but yeah. So I watched it while I was sick, and then while I was and and I don't know, it was one of those moments where I was like, man, you know, I really wish I could have seen that in a movie theater, where I was in a dark theater sitting up instead of laying down uncomfortably on my bed because I had been there all day already, mm-hmm. and, and and so it was just this whole moment of like, once the movie was over, I was like, it was fine. I'd give hmm. it two and a half out of it, it's one of the better original Netflix films I've seen. Definitely. That's exactly what I was going to get it. I gave it a nine on the IMDb because I mean, a, it literally had everything I wanted, you know, out of a science fiction movie, but I also think my expectations were pretty like not low. Cause I mean, I like Ryan Reynolds and like, it looks like fun. It kind of looks like Ryan Reynolds beard in that movie, man. Well, I'm going to go get some just for men and, and get a dark color and I'm going to color this gray in and then it might look 
more like like Ryan Reynolds, but uh, yeah. And I look like the guy with the face mullet. It's okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so it was fun. I, I appreciated that it tried to make uh, time travel super simple and easy. Like it wasn't convoluted or complicated for time travel. Uh, but yeah, I think my my expectations were like it's a Netflix movie. Like let's just hope it's okay. Yeah. Uh, and then like I again, I loved the soundtrack. I I really enjoyed Ryan Reynolds and that kid. Like. That kid did a good job of studying Ryan Reynolds to be a little Ryan Reynolds. Like it was, it was a lot of fun. In the same way, uh, from Looper, when Joseph Gordon-Levitt decided he wanted to learn how to be uh, Bruce Willis, uh, I felt like this kid did a very good job in in the same way. Uh, so we actually are kind of coming in under time this week. Is there anything else you watched you want to talk about? Like we got a little bit of time, amazingly. You watched anything else recently? Like we we haven't been to a movie together in a couple of weeks now. Uh, hey, nothing's come out. Uh, yeah, exactly. Batman was the last thing, and did we even talk about that? I can't remember. I don't think we really did. No, um, no. Yeah. It was fine. I uh, I I like the Batman because, as we talked about after the movie, uh, it's ninety five percent Batman and five percent Bruce Wayne. Yep, and. Personally, I love the first hour of the movie. I really like all the detective work that Batman does in the first hour. And then I feel like the last two hours just really kind of lost their way. Like the last two hours definitely could have been cut down. They definitely tried to give us too much, like so much expository stuff that didn't need to be there. Like if they gave me the first hour the way it was and then cut the last two hours down to another hour, like just made it a a two hour movie. I probably would have really enjoyed it. I liked it. I had fun it with great. it. Yeah, it looked great. Uh, all the all the acting was really well done, in my opinion. Like I thought, everybody who was in it did their their did their characters really well. Um, my my only other kind of question with the movie, I'm wondering how. Like, and it's it sucks because the Mandalorian has me thinking this way now. When I watch stuff where characters are in masks all the time, and the Riddler. of this movie is in a mask until the end when you actually see Paul Dano as Paul Dano, like, or as the Riddler. Like, how much was Paul Dano actually on the set playing the Riddler? Apparently, a lot. Um, Okay, good. That's good. There was something I read that, like, he did a hundred takes. Oh, the the cell phone scene? Yeah, I I read that. Yeah. Like, like he just kept recording that scene over and over again and being silly with it. But so, um, well, that's good to hear. I haven't watched a single Matt Reeves movie that I've enjoyed from beginning to end. The Kingsman movies are just okay. Like I like the first Kingsman. Oh, he didn't do those. Oh, that's, that's Matthew that's Vaughn. Vaughn. Matthew Vaughn. What's Matt Reeves done? He, uh, what he was mainly known for uh, was uh, the Planet of the Apes movies. Oh, yeah, those are all just okay. All the new remakes of those. Right. So you have the Bat- his last few movies, the Batman War for the Planet of the Apes, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, uh, Let Me In. Okay, Let Me In was okay. Or was the remake. That was, yeah. It was a remake of a, a of another film. I'm sorry. I really enjoyed Cloverfield. Like a whole lot enjoyed Cloverfield. You know what though? Matt Reeves made a movie that was an hour and 25 minutes. Yeah. And I'm not surprised that I enjoyed that one. Yeah. Because Dawn of the Planet of the Apes was 210, War was 220, and the Batman's 256. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. So i not a huge fan of him yet. I'm going to say out of all the movies, he's one for four out of the ones that I've seen. Got you. Uh, as far as like pacing and in right. real enjoyment out of the film. So uh, Cloverfield, but Cloverfield makes no sense on some levels too. So, but it's a throwaway yeah. like creature feature yep. and it's an hour and a half. If you can get me something beginning to end in 90 minutes or less, mm-hmm. uh, I'm in love with it most yep. of the time. Like, is it, yeah. Give me something that's enjoyable for 90 minutes or less. You got me. Because I'm pretty sure Adam Project is just a little over an hour and a half, like an hour 37 or something like that. Yeah, I think you're right. So, yeah. All right. uh, What do you how did you feel about the Batman? Like, did you like Um, the plot, the story? Like, I mean, as a movie as a whole, I know you said it's like a two or whatever. No, no. That was sorry. Yeah. 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 
It's a two and a half. And um, um, the main reason it's a two and a half for me is like, it, it's, it's just because of just the same things you said, man, like okay. looks pretty. Everybody's mm-hmm. well done, does well in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's just not paced correctly. And while I do really enjoy, and and I'm pretty sure I said this to you the night that we watched it. Mm-hmm. I, the reason I love Man of Steel, and still will give it four out of five stars or eight out of ten, however you want to look at it, and I think it's the best Superman movie is because it's not a Superman movie; it's a Clark Kent movie. Sure, and learning how to become Superman. Okay. So that's like that whole concept of that movie is like him trying to figure out how to be this essentially a god on planet Earth, right? And, and what he has to do mentally and to be that person and for everybody kind of thing. What this is literally the reverse. This is a movie that is a Batman movie mm-hmm. and kind of sometimes has to be Bruce Wayne, but that's not who he is. Sure. And his Batman, Bruce Wayne is his fake persona. And it's just his God given name at that point. Right. And, and it's a means to an end. So I think what's interesting for me and if they get to make any more, who knows? Cause mm-hmm. it's getting great reviews. It's doing yep. decently at the box office. Like so half a probably, billion dollars. Yeah. So we're probably going to get a sequel out oh, of yeah. it. Um, I hope that they can transcend to the point where, he's working on Bruce Wayne. Sure. And the fakeness of being Bruce Wayne, like, and that we can still see the detective version of the Batman, but I, uh, cause I really love that aspect of this movie, which you've never gotten to see on this level. Um, in any of the other films, you, it's sure. always like, he just shows up and like puts stuff in like a computer. And then all of a sudden it reconfigures something. And he's like, Oh, it's the Joker. Um, but in, but at least this one, he's doing detective work. I like it. He's working with uh, Gordon. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I, I hope that we can see him like making an attempt because he's got to, he has to realize that there has to be a Bruce Wayne okay. for there to be a Batman. Um, and what I mean by that for the most part is like, if his company completely fails, he's got no more money. What the hell is he going to do if, when his, sure. when his gadgets run out of gas? So sure. Well, and it was weird because I didn't really feel like in this Matt Reeves version that like Wayne Enterprises is what Wayne Enterprises like was in the Nolan version. Like it just kind of seemed like, you know, it was there and it was around. But like the Nolan version, like he's got the biggest building in in all of Gotham City and it's had the giant W on it. Like I never got that vibe from this version of of the way. I did. Did you? Especially when you were seeing. um yeah, uh, and I think one of the reasons why, I mean, they didn't focus on it too much, and I think a lot of that has to do with the the kind of the, it's funny, uh, I, I hope I don't ruin this for anybody, I'm sorry if I do, And but in my opinion, it's very much an anti-establishment movie, okay. and uh, it's... And it's kind of like um, fighting like corporations owning stuff and people having too much power, essentially. Okay. Oh, yeah. And how I is what what I was reading and fight the power, essentially. Yeah. And that's and that's fine as a film. Um, but Warner Brothers is making this movie. Yeah. Like, it's one of those things where it's like if Miramax was making this before the Harvey Weinstein stuff, like that would have made sense because they're sure. a smaller independent working for Disney. So, but like here's Warner Brothers, they're just like <laughs> Warner <laughs> Brothers, baby. And then it's yep. like, hey, we're gonna make a movie about you really should hate corporatism. <laughs> like, and it's like, oh, interesting. Yeah. You're you're putting that message out into the world. Even though you are a huge corporation who owns a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, real quick, while we're on the discussion of Batman, I, I understand I talk bad about Joel Schumacher a lot, and I will never try to defend uh, Batman and Robin, but I've been talking a lot about Batman forever recently, and like, I really do think I like that movie a lot more than, than I give it credit for. Because... 
Joel Schumacher, and I think it got a lot of backlash because we had just had these two dark versions of Batman with Tim Burton. Batman Forever is really a throwback to Batman 66. Like, it's really cheesy and campy and, like, ridiculous, and it becomes the Jim Carrey show at one point. But, like, talking about it a lot recently has gotten me just, like, feeling nostalgic about Batman 66. Because, like, Batman 66 is campy and cheesy and, like, bright-colored. That's exactly what they ended up going and doing with Batman Forever. Again, I, I, can't, I can't push this into Batman and Robin. That, that movie I, I can't argue for. But Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones were so over-the-top cheesy with their characters that I really kind of am I'm re-re-embracing Batman Forever. You don't agree with me? You, you got no interest in it? No? You really think it's that bad? I actually really enjoy the Riddler in that movie. Yeah. But I think Tommy Lee Jones's two faces god awful. Mm. Okay. I don't All like right. the the I don't like the the devil and angel girl duo that's with them. Oh yeah, yeah. Even though I really like both those actresses, especially at that time. Um yeah, dude, I'm not on the same page with you at all. Like all right. Val Kilmer is not a good I don't think Val Kilmer was a very good Bruce Wayne. Um, I'll definitely give you that. I'll, I'll agree. He was fine as Batman. I think Chris O'Connell, wasn't it O'Connell? Chris O'Donnell. O'Donnell, sorry. I think his Robin is blah. <laughs> like, it, like, you could have gotten anybody to play that the, the way he did. Gotcha. Like, he brought nothing to that role. Um I don't know, like I it just overall, and it, like you said, here we are with the Tim Burton version, and it's dark yep. and gritty, and then yep. all of a sudden we're like Batman Forever, <laughs> and, and it's like it's like let's add some let's add some fun music that sounds like it should be on a pop station right now. It had a really good soundtrack. I can't lie, like that's one of those those movies that put together a good soundtrack. It, it don't did. you want to don't you want to listen to the power ballad kiss from a rose right now and I, I don't not at the oh, current okay. moment but okay. i wouldn't object if you put it on yourself uh-huh. uh, but yeah i'm not a um, can't can't say that i love the batman forever the way you do bud all right well so while we're talking about batman how would you feel if jeffrey dean morgan got to play batman you know what i'm talking about I, I I do. Okay. Flashpoint, if it ends up being in the movie, like, how cool could that be? I told you, I have major issues with Flashpoint, man. I like, know, but they're obviously it's, doing it's, it. They don't care about your issues. Oh, no, they don't. There's just so much stuff that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. So... Are you not hoping for Soviet Superman to show up in Flashpoint? Was, that was Flashpoint, right? Was it Flashpoint where he ended up crashing in? No, 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 no. no? That was Red Sun. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, no. Flashpoint is when, uh, well, do we want to ruin it for people listening? I mean, it's a comic book that's been out for like 30 years. I mean, like, who Not knows long, what? But I'm, I follow you. Who knows so, what they're uh, actually going to do in the movie? Superman's asteroid or ship gets found by the U.S. government. Not by mom, Pa Kent. That's what it is. That's what it is. And they have him locked up in the mm. basement of like a super place so that he can never touch the sun. So he can never have power. That's right. That's what it was. Like, so he, um, dude, like there's so many, like I'm fine with it, but that makes no sense. And right? is it flash flashpoints where uh, Batman's mom becomes the Joker, right? I don't know if that's what they did later on, but like, so Flashpoint, it was all about the fact that Barry Allen goes back in time and saves his mom. mother. Yep. Okay. So he saves his mom, Barry Allen. I kind of always thought of Barry as like somebody who was in his like mid to late twenties. Okay. And here you have Batman and you have Superman. Who are definitely, yeah. in my opinion, have always been older. Sure. And him going back in time and saving his mother when he was like 10. 10. Yep. Changes where Superman gets picked up mm-hmm. by the government instead of Mom Pa Kent. It changes 
who dies in the Wayne mugging. Yep. And then on top of that, Thomas Wayne becomes literally like the exact same, same Batman. Batman. Yep. Makes no sense. Yeah. And because of the fact that now, <laughs> now Barry Allen's mom's been alive for let's say 20 years. Sure. It totally like like Atlantis and the Amazonians just absolutely had to go to war for because of the fact that his mom was like, I don't know. It it just seemed like it's somebody was like, Well, it's the butterfly effect. And I'm like, no, no. The butterfly yeah, effect doesn't work that way. It would you start from that on moment. that point forward. If you wanted to say that the reason why he didn't like maybe the like you had to and my issue with it is the fact that like because Barry Allen's not the Flash when he goes into that alternate reality. He's just yeah. Barry Allen. He's just Barry Allen. His mother's so, alive. His father's dead now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my issue with that, right, is like, okay, so if you had changed certain things because the Flash wasn't there, like if the Flash yeah. had saved Bruce Wayne during that mugging, but had never saved Thomas Wayne, then that would make sense. Sure. Yep. Or he was there to save uh, Kal-El and give Kal-El to Ma and Pa Kent. Mm-hmm. That would make sense. But for all of these things throughout all of this time to be completely mm-hmm. changed because he saved one person. Yeah. Uh, and Martha does go insane because Bruce gets murdered and she becomes the Joker in this, in this okay. stuff. Okay. Um, cyborg continuation continuation of that universe at some point. Or oh, was did it they? All? No, I'm asking. I don't know. Oh, I don't. I don't know. I'm just reading. I'm just reading the, the IMDb entry. Flashpoint, and then I think I gave it to my nephew Drew. So, well, it's like this says that like okay, so Flashpoint in total was a 61 issue run that crossed oh. over with Booster Gold in in numer and the, this includes like numerous one shots and everything. 20 years ago when I read Flashpoint, which may have been like a trade paperback or something that you or somebody gave me. Like, yeah. I don't. Yeah. yeah. When I read that, like, you know, it was like 12 issues. Like, that's what I remember reading for Flashpoint. Like, not a, not a 61 issue. run. It was, just, it was. A, yeah. You could read it all in one sitting. Yep. So weird. Wow. A lot of crazy stuff happened. But yeah. So whatever. I'm, like, I'll go watch the movie. Sure. You know, next year when they finally release it. Because they already pushed it back pushed again. Back. Because apparently, COVID's caused post-production problems. As far as like the, they were saying that one of the reasons why all the DC stuff got pushed back was because they couldn't finish the visual effects fast enough. Hmm. Okay, that's what I read. Was um, so they've pushed back almost everything that was supposed to come out in 2022. This was like the year of DC. Yeah, it was, it was supposed to be. And 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 they're probably just going to fumble again, and then Marvel's just going to run away with everything again. So. Well, I don't know. Twenty twenty two might be okay. I'm a huge Shazam fan from the first movie, and so Is I'm really excited. This year? They pushed it up to this year. It got moved up by like six months to this year. It's the November yeah. date now. Yeah, hmm. uh, because apparently, so I was reading an interview with the director uh, originally. Apparently, in the movie Shazam Fury of the Gods, they're not going to address how they get the new costumes that, that the Shazam family wears. Um, yeah, apparently Are the Shazam... in Black Adam? What's that? Are they going to get the new costumes in Black Adam? And then- no, 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 no. Uh, they were supposed to come out after Flashpoint originally. So the director said his thing was going to be Barry changed the timeline and they ended up just changing their costumes because of that. Um, and he's like, that excuse doesn't work anymore now that we're coming out before before Flashpoint. So, yeah, I don't know what its connection to Black Adam is going to be or anything. But, yeah, Black Adam getting pushed back, which, I mean, kind of sucks because that's been pushed back a couple times now. Oh, it says Black Adam's still in October of this year, though. Oh, then what's the two two DC things got moved to next year? Aquaman, maybe. Oh, I think it is. Aquaman, Aquaman got moved to next year. Yep. And then yeah. uh, Flashpoint. 17th and then Flash. 2023. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I don't know. Shazam and, and Black Adam might still be an okay finish for this year for DC. I mean, sh- Black Adam's going to make a billion dollars, whether it's good or not. Like, everybody's going to go watch The Rock. The Rock. 
Have, bringing that movie up, have you seen the theory that The Rock is actually Sean Connery's final James Bond performance? I'm totally okay with that. Like, I literally read an article uh, two weeks ago, maybe, and it's it it, Mason Storm. What's that? Wasn't his name Mason Storm? Yes, it was. Um, Just bought it on no, iTunes. No, John Mason. John Mason. John Mason. $5 bin. $5 bin. Yeah. Somebody hit up Jason Richardson. He, John, he deserves- Patrick, John Patrick Mason. Yeah. John Mason. Yeah. But anyway, like this article was literally like, this is what happened to Sean Connery's James Bond. Uh, he ended up getting captured and detained at Alcatraz. And he was the only person to escape from it because he was James Bond. I would like, like, like John Mason was the, was the fake name that he was using when he was undercover at that point. And I'm, I'm like reading it and I'm like, ah, this is canon for me now. Like I completely buy this. Is Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah. Uh, did it, did it, yeah. I love The Rock and uh, yeah, Dude. I'm fine with it. Top easily top ten might be top five uh, all time action action film. Yeah, I mean it's definitely up there. So yeah. All right, man. Well, all right. We filled out this episode a little bit. Talked a little bit about Batman and and Adam Project. And yeah, next week is the Oscars. Well, in like a week and a half is the Oscars, but next week will be the Oscars episode. And I'm so excited for our guests and to to talk about Oscars with you. So. Thank you guys for listening. We will see you on our Oscar episode next week, the red carpet episode that won't have any red carpet at all.